Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, today we're breaking down Jose Ramirez and his 2023 season, looking ahead to 2024 and what to expect out of uh, Cleveland's five-time All-Star and uh, you know Gold Glove finalist uh, Ramirez. Uh, so much has been written and so much has been said about uh, his contributions to the Guardians uh, on and off the field. Uh, bring in Paul Hoynes now to to just uh, talk about what we saw out of Jose uh, in the 2023 season and, uh, you know, what we can expect uh, out of him uh, moving forward uh, in his career. Yeah, Joe, you know, he the one thing Jose does, he posts, he, you know, 156 games this uh, this past season, you know, 157 in 2022. 100, 152 in 2021. This guy, you know, he shows up every day, plays every day. Um, and I thought, I thought last year, not his best season, certainly, but another, you know, kind of Jose Ramirez season, just a solid grinded out season, you know, an all-star season. And when you look up, you know, he's hitting 280. He's got 20 plus home runs and he's, you know, pushing at, you know, at, at, perhaps nine between 90 and a hundred RBIs. And, you know, he's got 20 to 30 stolen bases. Is, is that maybe a, a product of the, the standard that he set for himself and, and for the expectations that, that we who see him every day now, uh, uh, you know, have for him as, as a player, you know, when he, he came out in 2017, 2018 and, you know, finished third in the, the MVP voting and, and, and those seasons, he was, he was so much beyond what everybody was expecting the, the bar was set so high, you know, and this year, uh, again, the, the batting average, the on-base, the slugging, everything, you know, was was maybe slightly a, a tick off. But, uh, again, we talk about uh, the, the pressure for, of not having some protection in that lineup uh, at different times during the season. Maybe he was trying to do a little too much, and that that's something that he's never really been guilty of in his career. Uh, but like you said, uh, the, the, the war numbers – uh, the the wins above replacement that's it's it's an imperfect way to sort of you know judge the the value of a, a season for a guy uh, but uh, you know the previous two years he was at 6.8 6.0 you know he did finish top 10 in the MVP voting uh, in both of those seasons uh, this year down to 5.1 uh, and certainly what you know it, it's everybody's you know from the national media from the the outside looking in could could say you know this is a this is a uh, underdog sort of guy this is a, a guy who doesn't get the 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 headlines that you know maybe a Nolan or Arenado or uh, you know other third baseman uh in the league uh, uh Manny Machado guys like that uh it, it it's he's sort of this underrated sort of uh you know chip on his shoulder sort of attitude but we we didn't see uh, as many people talking about it that way he he had his moments uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, his, his sort of highlight moments from the, the 2023 season. Uh, but you know, just that expectation and that consistency, uh, just was just a little bit off this year and maybe, maybe a product of the, the lineup around him. 
Oh, yeah, I think definitely, Joe. You know, I remember talking to Jose in, in Toronto, and he said, you know, this is a different kind of lineup that I'm hitting in. Really the first time I've ever heard him talk like that. And he, you know, he kind of had to change his, his approach to that lineup. You know, it's so young, and it's so, you know, even when, especially with uh, when Josh Naylor went out with the injury, it, you know, there was no power behind him or in front of him. You know, they made the trades. Uh, you know, with with Josh Bell and Ahmed Rosario, uh, you know, that kind of took two guys that, you know, did did offer some protection to him. So I think, he, you know, he kind of put some pressure on himself, Joe. But but the thing is, you know, the opposition, you know, like you, you always hear, you know, they, they target one guys where they're not going to let beat you beat them and you know obviously Jose Ramirez is a guy listen to this this guy has been walked he was walked intentionally 22 times this year in the last two years he leads he leads the big leagues in intentional walks he's like the the mini Barry Bonds you know I mean that's a that's a one guy that that clean that you know that that the opposition knows can't beat you know they can't let this guy beat him and from the uh just from he walked 73 times this year and from the sixth inning on you know a, a majority of those walks I'm, I'm trying to look for the stat here uh but uh you know the second yeah from the, he walked 73 times this year 32 of those walks including 17 intentional walks came from the after the sixth inning, you know, which was usually crunch time for Cleveland because what they played like uh, over 51 run games. Yeah. That was frustrating. Every time that there was a base open uh, late in the game, you, you, you could almost uh, even in extra inning games where the runner started at second base, uh, you know, if they got to Jose Ramirez and that first base was open, he was going to get walked. It was, it was a, a foregone conclusion. Uh, you, you can tell, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the trades that happened this year and the, you brought up a med Rosario and the, the protection around him in the lineup. Uh, how much did, did sort of that, uh, you know, affect maybe Jose, uh, you're talking about Rosario, who was clearly one of his best friends in the clubhouse on the road. Uh, you know, a, a guy who he was very close with, uh, always sat next to him in the, in the locker room, uh, you know, how did, how big was that move in terms of impacting uh, Jose's maybe approach to just being at the park every day? Well, you know, Jose's been around, you know, he's played on good teams. He's played on world champion, not, you know, World Series teams in Cleveland. He's played on division winners the year before, you know, they shocked baseball and, and won the division. And when they, and when the front office started trading Rosario and, and Josh Bell and Aaron Savali, he knew, he knew what was going to happen. You know, he's, he's not a dummy. He's, he's been, you know, he's a, he's a, he's an established big league player. And I think, you know, that was one of the reasons you know, that uh, that uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff made that flight to Houston to uh, he might have been one of the players that that wanted to know what what, you know, was scratching his head and wanted to know what was going on. You got to keep your best player happy. And so I think that's was one of the main reasons they went down there to explain themselves. I don't know if it ever worked. But, you know, they certainly it certainly, you know, set the tone for the rest of the season. Don't you think, Joe, the last two months of the season? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and we also saw his batting order uh, position change those last two months. He was moved up to the, the number two spot uh, in the order uh, to, to try and, 
you know, with with Josh Naylor, uh, the injury there uh, to try and sort of spark something uh, there, get him more at bats, get him put in a position where uh, he could he could do some more things to to get himself on base and uh, and and produce runs that way because uh, you know he's your best overall hitter. He should be your number three hitter in the order, uh, but but things just weren't working without any any of the protection around him. Uh, what do you think his uh, his future is in terms of the batting order position and, and where he'll hit in in 2024? You know, uh, Joe, I think uh, I think he goes back to the number three spot, but that'll depend on who the new manager is. But here's here's what he did. And when they moved him up to the second spot, he had 279, 48 for 172, six home runs, 15 RBIs. In the in the number three spot, where you know he spent most of the season, he had 283. 124 for 439, 18 homers and 65 RBIs. So obviously, you know, he, he's, you know, he did, he did a lot better in the, in the number three spot, but, you know, I, I can, I understood why uh, Francona moved him up to the number two spot because a, he was getting more at bats and B, you know, he was kind of getting at bats with, you know, Quan was, was, was on base a lot. So, you know, he had some chances to drive in some runs there. Yeah, uh, as, as much as the the numbers might have, uh, you know, dipped slightly uh, from from season over season, uh, the the defense is still there. Uh, this is a guy who affects games in in all three phases: running the bases, with his glove, uh, and at the plate. And uh, he certainly continued to to perform at an elite level uh, defensively this year. Uh, as as evidenced by the fact that he's a Gold Glove finalist uh, for the fifth time uh, in his career, uh, has never won, and and I don't really think that that he probably will, uh, barring an injury from a guy like a Matt Chapman or uh, uh, you know a, there's a number or an Alex Bregman uh, to open the door uh, during a season. I don't think uh, you know Jose is really uh, the the kind of guy that might win a, a Gold Glove, but. Uh, always uh, in that conversation as, as one of the top defenders at the position. Uh, I just think that there are guys who are, uh, you know, maybe a step above him just slightly uh, in an elite level defensively. Yeah, Joe, and you, you're probably right there. But, you know, I like Jose because he makes big plays at big times in the game, you know, defensively and offensively. And, you know, that's what great players do. You know, I, I you know, got I think back to that crazy, uh, 15 inning game against Tampa Bay in the wild card two years ago, where he made that unbelievable play at, at first at third base and Naylor obviously made the great pick at first base, but you know, to end that inning and, and keep Tampa Bay from scoring. And I don't know if it was the 11th or 12th inning, but you know, plays like that, you, you don't forget plays like that. No. And, and he, he came up with a, a number of those plays throughout this season. Uh, you know, we, we are starting to see, uh, him get uh, a few more days off of his feet. Over the last two years, uh, Terry Francona had had pu- put him in at DH uh, at, in, uh, what, 30 starts uh, each year. Uh, you know, he played in 157, 152 games, but 30 of those e- each time would be, uh, you know, where he'd get days off of his feet, get to play, uh, you know, just go out there as the DH. And uh, this is a sort of a glimpse into the future maybe for Jose Ramirez because there's going to come uh, a time when there will be younger uh, guys who are, you know, maybe handle the the position a little better, and 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 his best spot will be as a, a designated hitter in the lineup. 
Yeah, you know, and that's it happens to everybody. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen in the next two years or so. You know, yeah. he'll play next season at at 31. You know, he certainly uh, looked uh, more than capable at third base uh, this this past season. And I thought, you know, Francona did did a good job. You know, it seemed like you know when it, it looked like when they faced the lefty. Didn't they? Tyler Freeman would usually start at mm-hmm. third, and and yeah. Jose would start at at, at DH. Uh, so you know, I think you know, you know, they they work at that. They can work at a lot of different ways. But yeah, I think uh, and I think Jose is you know open to that. You know, when as you get older, you know, you you know when you need a rest, and you know, he never comes out of the lineup, but you know that when that DH turn comes around that you know he's got to be that that has to you know at least rest his legs and you know gives him a little you know mental break as well well you talk about it you ask jose directly and he'll tell you you know my days off or when the team's off you know when when the team has a day off that's when i rest so uh that's uh, it's just another reason to, to sort of love him and, and sort of uh uh you know why he has the respect of everyone in that clubhouse and the organization right now uh to, to get updates on Jose and the rest of the Guardians, I uh, want to remind our, our listeners uh, about subtext. Uh, you can subscribe for $3.99 a month. It's a subscription text service where uh, Hoinsey and me uh, text you updates on the team. Uh, so get the latest uh, for $3.99 a month. Uh, if you go to cleveland.com slash subtext or if you send a text message to uh, 216-208-4346, to get all the uh, the updates on uh, Jose and the rest of the Guardians, uh, Jose Ramirez. One of his uh, his stated uh, goals when he did sign that contract extension uh, back before the the start of the 2022 season uh, was that that he wanted to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, that's he wants to uh, retire and, and go into the Hall of Fame as a as a, a, a Cleveland ball player, a Guardians ball player. Uh, and and that's uh, certainly you know something that it, it's a it's a goal that he has right now uh, in terms of the the Guardians Hall of Fame, uh, the Cleveland Hall of Fame. Uh, I think this is a guy who's pretty much a lock uh, by the end of this season or by the end of the 2024 season. Uh, he could be uh, top ten, top five in in almost every important uh, offensive category uh, that uh, the the. That that the Guardians keep track of. Uh, right now, he stands eleventh uh, in runs scored. Uh, next on, he has uh, seven hundred and eighty-four runs scored. Next on the list, number ten, Larry Doby at eight oh eight. So, uh, you know, he certainly should be passing. Should be in the top ten uh, at at some point. Uh, you know, he could get as high as as. Uh, uh, I, I would say sixth or seventh uh, in, in this offseason. Omar Vizquel, 906, uh, is is up there in sixth place right now. Uh, total bases, he's ninth overall, 2,376. Uh, he's uh, behind Joe Sewell, uh, 2,391. So he'll pass. He could climb as high as uh, as as fifth, fourth, fifth. Uh, Jim Tomey. 2,667 uh, total bases uh, is is fourth. Uh, that's a good target for the 2024 season for for Jose. Uh, he's top six in doubles all time, 325. The uh, the all time leader is 486. I mean, uh, this is you know a couple of of decent seasons for Jose Ramirez, and he'll be the the franchise leader in doubles. Uh, home runs. Here's a, here's a, an important one. 
uh, if he has to stay on pace there, uh, you know, it, it, it could be a long shot to get on top of this. Uh, he's at 216 right now, a three-way tie with Ramirez, Haltrosky, and Carlos Santana at 216. Uh, Earl Averill has 226. Manny Ramirez in third place, 236. Not out of the realm of possibility that he could be top three in home runs all time by the end of next season. Uh, and you're talking extra base hits. He's already fourth with 579. Uh, runs batted in. He's 12th with four, uh, 746. Uh, he's three away from passing uh, Andre Thornton. And he's, what, five or six away from being in the top 10 and passing Albert Bell. Uh, and stolen bases, 202. He's seventh overall. Uh, and Kenny Lofton's got that one locked up, though, at 452. So, uh, it, it, you know, could be a, a top 10 there in, in stolen bases. Uh, total hits, he's at 13th overall. In franchise history, 1,327. And games played, he's at 15th, uh, 1,293. Uh, so, so really just all of these, uh, these categories that, uh, you know, we do a, a, an update again next year. Uh, he should be in the top 10 in, in many of these, these statistical categories. Yeah, Joe, that's not bad for a kid that signed out of the Dominican Republic. What, when he was 16, 17 for like 50 grand, is it? That's, <laughs> I mean, they hit the mother load right with that guy. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a value pick right there, huh? <laughs> yeah. And Joe, I think, you know, if they, if they can surround him with some, with uh, a little more protection this, this, this off season, if they can add a bat or two, uh, or something, you know, just something to give him a, a little support in front of him and behind him. You know, I think, uh, you know, who knows what, you know, I think that would really help establish him because you could tell this past season he was pushing. He was like, you know, he was grinding a little bit. Like, you know, look, he had 212 with runners in scoring position, Joe, this past season. And then the year before when they won 92 games and they won the division, he had 331. So, you know, I mean, you know, that that's sure that's on Jose but it's also on the lineup. He's got to. You, you, he can't feel he's like a, the the only guy on the island there. He's got to. He's got to have some help. All right. Well, uh, there there were a couple of times this season where uh, where he was uh, the only guy on the island. He was on an island all by himself. Uh, go back to June eighth. Uh, I don't think it's a it's a night that not a lot of us will forget. Uh, June eighth against Boston at uh, Progressive Field. Uh, three home runs in the game for Jose Ramirez, the first three homer game of his career. Uh, the Guardians win 10 to three. And and really, he looked like everything that they were throwing up there uh, that night. He was was trying to take out of the yard. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun, a fun night. And uh, when he gets locked in like that. It is, uh, you know, there's, there's nobody better in, on, on a diamond to watch. The other night that really stands out this season, August 5th against the White Sox, uh, a 7-4 to loss for the Guardians. Uh, however, uh, none of us are going to forget uh, the, um, the image of Jose Ramirez dropping Tim Anderson after a hard slide into uh, to, to second base. Anderson stood over him, and Ramirez came up. Uh, put a finger in his face. The two of them squared up, and and down goes Anderson. Was the call from uh, from Tom Hamilton? Uh, it it just sort of 
the the difference between the two the the reactions of Anderson and Ramirez uh, after that fight after the 14 minute uh, benches clearing brawl and and all the suspensions and everything that followed you know I think Jose came out of that uh, you know with with his head uh, head and shoulders sort of high whereas Anderson made himself look sort of like a fool uh, after that encounter. Uh, it, it really sort of for, for Guardians fans, it was sort of a, a point of pride that, you know, their guy uh, handled himself uh, in, a, in, a, in a classy way, uh, as opposed to the guy who basically, uh, you know, blew up his own clubhouse uh, afterwards with, with his attitude and his approach. Yeah, you know, Jose was like, you know, in, in the days after that, he was like, he was sorry it happened. You know, he apologized. You know, you could tell that that was, you know... He was fighting for his team. He was fighting for himself. But, you know, that th- you could tell that wasn't his nature. You know, you could tell that he, he just got upset and uh, kind of, you know, it was, it was in the spur of the moment. But afterwards, he was kind of thinking, what did I just do? You know, that's that's not me. And I, I like the way he handled himself, Joe. I really I thought you, you put that right. Yeah, it's uh, he, he continues to elevate himself in terms of franchise icon status uh you know every year he he continues to do these things uh to make himself uh you know he's going to be on the mount rushmore of uh, of uh cleveland baseball players at some point uh you know when when he's done playing this game uh and and, and as evidenced by uh, later on that month in august uh, at the end of august august 22nd uh the the guardians dedicated jose ramirez field down uh uh, in the Clark, uh, you know, Fields area uh, of Cleveland, uh, a full uh, turf field that that Jose Ramirez donated funds for uh, to help, uh, you know, sort of get uh, that project rolling. It's a gorgeous new facility. Uh, it's where Lincoln West is going to play its uh, its home games, a uh, Cleveland City School, and it's uh, you know going to be the home of the RBI uh, team, the, the 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 Guardians RBI teams. Uh, you know, very much giving back to uh, the community and and really just uh, Jose has embraced Cleveland uh, and and his family has embraced Cleveland and and the Guardians continue to do it back to him. Yeah, I think that this is one of the reasons he wanted to stay here. This is kind of a byproduct of that, you know, giving back to the community. You know, they they made the effort to keep him. They they said they wanted to keep him. He said he wanted to stay. So they they reached that that multi year deal. And now the you know the the community and the fans and Jose are are reaping the benefits. Yeah, it's uh, a, just a a great uh, you know situation for Jose and for the Guardians moving forward into 2024. Hoinsie, uh, that's going to wrap up our look at uh, Jose Ramirez and. Uh, you know, what to expect from him uh, next season. Uh, we'll continue with uh, more of the names on the roster as, as we get into the offseason, uh, and we'll we'll uh, get back with you to, to break down some more players uh, moving forward. Good deal, Joe.